This is an AMI podcast. Blink and you're 28, and everyone else is now a mile down the road and you're still trying to find it. And the irony is hardly lost on you that in wanting to live, to learn, to find yourself, you've gotten lost. Welcome to AMI Audiobook Review on AMI Audio, where we talk all things audiobooks on a weekly basis. Thanks for joining us, even if it is not a Saturday, because, you know, we release on Saturdays. But it's a wonderful podcast with lots of great conversations. I'll start with the quote of the week. First of all, I'm Ramia Amadan, host of the show, and Nizreen Abdelmajid is also joining me because you are getting into this fun audiobook talk with me, Nizreen. And so the quote of the week is from The Invisible Life of Adi LaRue, and it's written by V.E. Schwab. I believe I'm saying that correctly, but somebody who's going to join us in a bit will correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> this book was released in 2020. It's uh, one of the books I'm reading for the uh, Evening Book Club with Amir Khan. And I'm like three quarters of the way in, right? It's really, really, really good. It's a long book, 17 hours, uh, give or take, if you're reading it on normal pace, speed, whatever they call it on audiobooks. And I just find it to be one of the most poetic things I've read in a really, really long time. Almost every line, every concept, every character, everything, every image is just so poetically described and it's beautiful, like so beautifully written. There's elements of fantasy to it, but there's just a lot of this poetry. And it was very, very hard for me to pick a quote (laughs) from the book because I just, I love the whole thing. So that's that. I'll pause Put a pin in it there because I want to talk more about it with Amr and, and have more of a back and forth. But let's take a look at the Sila home page. The featured titles at the very top at selalibrary.ca, C-E-L-A library.ca, is Red X, a novel by David Dumshuk. It's a ghost and horror read. The next one is The Audacity by Catherine Ryan, and this is Humor. Uh, The last one under the featured titles is The Dark Remains by Ian Rankin and William McGilvaney. And this is a mysteries and crime stories. Uh, Not a lot of updates on the Sila blog, so we're going to move right over to what's trending with Nizreen. What do you have for us today, girl? we got a few things. So Audible.com tweeted out this week's top releases, starting off with Go Tell the Bees That I Am Gone by Diana Gabaldon. Number two is These Precious Days by Anne Pachette. Number three, Fear No Evil by James Patterson. Number four, The Becoming the Dragon Heart Legacy Book Two by Nora Roberts. And one more to mention is The Wolf by J.R. Ward. So go check out on audible.com for the rest of this week's hottest book releases. But moving to one of Canada's top trends is hashtag Grammys. And I know what you're thinking. Nasreen, we're here for audiobooks. (laughs) Why are you talking about the Grammys? Well, that's because for the 64th annual Grammy Awards, Barack Obama is nominated for his audiobook, A Promised Land. Mm. And it's very deep. It's a lot of information, which is pretty cool. So in the highly anticipated first volume of his presidential memoirs, Barack Obama takes readers on a compelling journey from his earliest political aspirations to the pivotal 
Iowa caucus victory that demonstrated the power of grassroots activism to the watershed night of November 4th, 2008, when he was elected 44th president of the United States, becoming the first African-American to hold the nation's highest office. So reflecting on the presidency, he offers a unique and thoughtful exploration of both the awesome reach and the limits of presidential power. So I can imagine he will be making more memoirs on this for sure. Uh, yeah, if you can get through the first one, then we can anticipate more. I'm not sure how long this one is. I feel like it's another long one. But the memoir that was written, first of all, good on Barack. Okay, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. It's nominated for a Grammy. Let's just not like skip right over that. That's incredible. And then I wanted to say that I started reading Michelle Obama's memoir, Oh, which was Mm. your hesitation. It was long. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Let me tell you that Barack Obama's (laughs) memoir is 29 hours long. Okay, there you go. And I I feel like Michelle's was longer. Really? Yeah. Okay. someone's going to correct me again. (laughs) But I'm serious. Like it was so long. And I'm not using the word was in the past tense that I have finished listening to it. And it was long. I'm using it as it was long and I couldn't finish it so mm. it's there I, I i don't know if i've fully given up on it yet um but i'm not a completionist so i may never get back to it it is still there i'm still in like chapter three or four or whatever it was but it is the the thing about memoirs i find is if they're not written for the type of reader you are no matter what pulled you in, you know, like the person themselves, the stories, the, you know, like with Barack, there's a lot to look into, right? He's the first black president. Yeah. He's awesome. He has an amazing family life. But I just can't, I don't know, because now I'm scared because Michelle's was long and his is long too. And I'm just wondering if I can get through it. Uh, I don't know yeah. how I can go with a long audiobook in general. Whether it's a memoir or a novel, I I don't know how long I can take because I have a short attention span and sometimes I have to repeat a sentence. (laughs) I, I, I'm like, I'll be listening, but I won't be listening, listening. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. You get me? I, I will be listening, but at the same time I'm zoned out. I'm like, wait, what did I just go through? It's just like when I was in school and I was uh, reading a textbook or whatever, I'll be reading, but I wasn't you know, taking yeah. in all that information. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have to, I have to start with something small. I have to start with short novels or something that I'm really genuinely interested in. It got me invested or else I cannot go for it. It's true. I, I totally agree. And the thing is, it takes a lot of focus anyways. If you're not a, an all audio person, you know, if you're not just listening to audiobooks all the time or taking in information auditorily all the time, then it's mm-hmm. a very big jump from visual learning to audiobook listening. So, yeah, yeah. good. Oh, we've it's been very you candid. you have to get used to it. Yeah. Absolutely. We've been very candid this segment. So let's see where it goes from here. <laughs> Listening to AMI Audiobook Review, where we talk all things audiobooks on this podcast. I'm your host, Ramia Amudin, here with Nisreen Abdel Majid, and it's time for pause or play. This time, it's going to be a Ramia choice, okay, everyone? So, this is a book that I've read before, but you may not have uh, listened to or heard of even. 
and it's called All Your Perfects by Colleen Hoover. Um, my friend was a really huge Colleen Hoover fan in high school, so I was very influenced by this. <laughs> All right, here we go with the synopsis. Sometimes it's the one who loves you who hurts you the most. Lily hasn't always had it easy, but that's never stopped her from working hard for the life she wants. She's come a long way from the small town in Maine where she grew up. She graduated from college, moved to Boston, and started her own business. So when she feels a spark with a gorgeous neurosurgeon, Ryle Kincaid, everything in Lily's life suddenly seems almost too good to be true. Ryle is assertive, stubborn, maybe even a little arrogant. He's also sensitive, brilliant, and has a total soft spot for Lily. But Ryle's completed aversion to relationships is disturbing. Even as Lily finds herself becoming the exception to his no-dating rule, she can't help but wonder what made him that way in the first place. As questions about her new relationship overwhelm her, so do thoughts of Atlas Kerrigan, her first love and a link to the past that she left behind. He was her kindred spirit, her protector. When Atlas suddenly reappears, everything Lily has built with Ryle is threatened. It Ends With Us is an unforgettable tale of love that comes at the ultimate price. So, after hearing the synopsis, Nizreen, starting with you, pause or play. I mean, Lily, we always fall for the arrogant ones, don't we? Um, I'd say... <laughs> I'd say I'd uh, play because it's the type of cheesy, corny uh -huh. books I would read. Okay. I hate them, but I would still go for it. Yeah. Would you call it a guilty pleasure? Huh? It is a guilty okay. pleasure. Wow. Exactly. Seamless transition, are we not? Mm -hmm. Okay, Amir, up to you. Pause or play? Definitely play. And I was actually going to make the opposite comment as Nasreen in terms of it's refreshing to see somebody fall for the brainy one, a neurosurgeon, right? Wow. Oh, yeah. You totally read between so the lines. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I was like, neurosurgeon? Was that true? Yeah, that is true. Okay. So play for both and, of you. And the story also reminds me a lot of um, the America Singer book we read, uh, The Selection, where, um, you know, she's sort of falling for a new person and then the old flame sort of rushes back into her life to confuse mm -hmm. everything that's a really good comparison but as someone who has already listened to the book i'm going to tell you it's absolutely not like that at all so now you might be tempted to read it sounds exciting exactly exactly <laughs> amir khan is the voice that you're hearing he's here from toronto joining us here on ami audiobook review and you join us at the end of the month like close to the end of the month to give us your reviews impressions recommendations and we get to a lot of audiobook talk but Amir, you haven't been part of the AR listening scale yet, so I thought that we should put you through it just for fun. I feel like the, the answers might be predictable, but who knows? Who knows? You're a bit of a mystery. So, starting with the even numbers from 0 to 10, 0 being anti-audiobooker, are you, two tempted but, so there's definitely an appeal to listening to audiobooks, but I'm terrified. Four, lazy listener. You're the one who could listen more, but you're too preoccupied on Netflix, which sometimes I think this is the case. Six, <laughs> pile them on. Toss me the recommendations and I will listen. Eight, I can't hear I'm listening. No matter what I'm doing or where I'm going, earbuds are in and an audiobook is on. And ten, beyond help and broke. Too late to turn back now. I eat, sleep, and breathe audiobooks and I'm not at all upset about it. 
probably put myself at a four, but I think like Siobhan um, from last week, uh, it depends on the week for me, because like you said, sometimes the Netflix series will really grab me <laughs> and I am doing nothing for a week except watching that Netflix series. Yeah, you're totally a binger. And sometimes it's the reverse with audiobooks. Exactly. Yes. Okay, moving on to the odd numbers. We're narrowing down your listening habits here from the pickiness listening scale. One, the sleeper. I really want to listen, but fall asleep doing it. Three, the self-helper. I listen to audiobooks exclusively for self-help reasons. Actually, this is a one suggestion from you for the scale. Five, the verifier. If it's hot on the market, I'll probably listen. Seven, speed racing. 1.5x plus is the only way to take in audiobooks, especially if you're listening to Michelle or <laughs> Barack's audiobooks. And nine, the humanitarian. Human narrated books only, please. I think I'm going to have to go with none of the above for myself. Ah. Um, as I said in, our, in my first appearance on the, um, on the show, I'll read almost anything um, out there, whether it's human or, or synth. So I'll even sometimes read something because it's beside something I was looking for. So Wow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, good. I, I predicted that one for sure. Um, you're not, you're the non-pickiness on the pickiness scale. So, Amir, let's get to some Indeed. of the books that you're listening to right now. There's a few in the mix. Indeed, there are. I finished The Audacity by Catherine Ryan, which has been up on the SELA homepage for, for some time now. Mm -hmm. And it's very similar to Bossy Pants by Tina Fey uh, in terms of being humorous and funny and an easy read. Um, it's a lot more in-depth than Tina Fey's book, though. There's a lot more personal stories that, that Catherine Ryan goes into. And there's a certain appeal to it as well, because uh, Catherine Ryan herself is Canadian, but she moved to the UK quite some time ago. So it's it's an interesting read from an audio perspective, because she uses British terms, but hasn't lost her Canadian accent. So you hear terms like lorry and cross and things in a Canadian uh, accent. So that can be somewhat entertaining if people are into that. Wow. Haven't even heard the word lorry in a long time. Okay, that's awesome. Sticking with the theme of memoirs, this month we're reading uh, for Kelly and Company Book Club, as well as Amr's Evening Book Club, um, The Girl with Nine Wigs by Sophie Vanderstapp, which is a book about a 21-year-old cancer survivor in Holland. And it's also very light and an easy read in terms of uh, being on the same plane as something like The Audacity by Catherine Ryan or Tina Fey. Uh, a lot, obviously, less humor, and there are more complicated subject matters because it is uh, talking about cancer and, and all the things that go with it. But uh, in my opinion, it's a very excellent read. Uh, if you've never experienced serious illness or been around somebody with serious illness, it's a great read without dragging you into um, depression or making you really, really sad. Mm -hmm. So this was a recommendation by Caroline Bordeaux, uh, and I thought it was really great because she said that she binged it in a weekend. For some reason, that that quote really sticks with me. She's like, I read this in a weekend. You guys got to read it. And it's absolutely that fast, that well-paced, and, you know, the balance of humor, lightheartedness, as well as very, very serious stuff that has to do with cancer. Great. And the other book for this month for Amr's Evening Book Club is uh, the one you mentioned earlier, The Invisible Life of Adi LaRue by V.E. Schwab. And I just really, really like this book. And I spoke about it, I think, the last time I was on the show in terms of being a book that really grabs you and pulls you in and you don't want to get out. And I'm thrilled that you're enjoying the book as well, Rania. Yeah. Have you read other books by this author? Because I was looking through and there are quite a few other ones that fall really into the, the realm of fantasy. Yeah, I think her most famous book is something called Vicious, um, which I have not read. This is the first book I've read of hers. But after this book, it's going to be difficult to top 
Mm-hmm. That's a <laughs> that's the fear I have with a lot of books. You read it and you're like, oh my gosh, if this author does this with all the books, then I'm down. But I'm very, very nervous about giving something else a chance and then tainting this one. So, yeah. Especially uh, after 17 hours, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And you know what? I don't say this often, but it doesn't feel like a 17-hour book. It's just you're absolutely that captivated through the whole thing. A few weeks ago, Amir, we spoke Absolutely. to um, Ben Aquaco on the show, and he got into what we were started calling guilty pleasure reads. And you want to grab onto this thread, too. So what do you think, you personally, is a guilty pleasure read? If you're embarrassed to recommend it to somebody else, it's definitely a guilty <laughs> pleasure for whatever reason. But I think for me personally, it's, it's, it really has to do with things that are unexpected based on who you are and what people think you would read. Um, it's also maybe something a little bit more throwaway or, or cheap in terms of, you know, it's not, it's not something, a book that you would read and, and think about for forever. It's a book that you would read and sort of forget, but enjoy the ride type of thing. Mm-hmm. Okay. And sometimes so- it's just about the title. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so what are some of the embarrassing books that you, would you, or would you not recommend to others? So one book I was definitely shy to recommend to others to the point where I would not mention it at all, but I have become a lot more comfortable, um, is a book by Susan Jane Gilman, which uh, we've read for the Kelly and Company book club called Undress Me in the Temple of Heaven. Yep. And yes, the title is definitely something that is sort of risque. Um, the book obviously has nothing to do with that particular title. Um, the book is actually about two Ivy League uh, college graduates who decide to uh, go on a world tour in like 1986 or something. And none of them have any experience in backpacking or traveling outside the United States. And they decide to go to China first, which um, has not allowed outside visitors until that particular day. And it's a lovely book uh, about friendship, in my opinion. I actually really, really like this book and have read it more than once. Uh, You've actually read the human narrated version, which is actually narrated by the author. I did the synth. And it's they fool you that... with the title, eh? <laughs> Susan Jane Gilman's title are usually a little bit edgy and dramatic. Um, I it's think good one of her other gra- famous... It grabs some people to yes. read it. Absolutely. One of her other titles is called Kiss My Tiara. So <laughs> she definitely <laughs> likes to be edgy. I would grab it. Um, there you go. Uh, another book I read actually very recently uh, is by an author named David Wong. And the title of the book that they have on Sila is called Zoe Punches the Future in the Dick. And as you can expect, it has an out there title, but this book is just as out there as the title is. Um, So this book is very, very humorous. It's about a future dystopia that's not too far away. It's a little bit more technologically advanced in our world right now. But David Wong does an excellent job of, of keeping things light, funny, but at the same time examining a lot of human sort of traits like groupthink and you know how uh, group mentality works and how you can sort of go against the grain the central character is sort of a uh, a girl that's you know on the younger side of 20s and she's inherited a, a massive fortune from her father um, that she didn't know existed because she grew up uh, literally in a trailer and she's now got this massive responsibility to to deal with this sort of out of control city and solve a mystery at the same time. Wow. So do you have a bunch of um, guilty pleasure series that you, you know, either have recommended to people? Because I'm looking at the list. I'm like, yeah, we've he's made us read all these. <laughs> 
and that's the thing about recommending books to your to your friends and and family that you know you really want to enjoy um, these books with other people in a lot of cases, and and that's where you can sort of get out of your comfort zone to start recommending guilty pleasures to other people, and it sort of builds your confidence to be like, okay, well, did you like Undress Me in the Temple of Heaven? Okay, well now I can recommend something else. Yes. Or I can recommend something to you. You're building the trust um, up, right? Like, let me ease you into my guilty pleasure reads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe not start with that one. Um, another book I really enjoyed was The Heartbreak Messenger. Oh, that was so good. Uh, and this is more on the juvenile side. Um, you know, it's about a, a junior high kid who finds himself uh, working as a go-between for high school couples in terms of being hired to break them up because they don't have the guts to do it themselves. And it's, I, I find it it's a very nice little book. Uh, we read it for Amr's Evening Book Club, and a lot of people really, really enjoyed it. But I would definitely consider that a guilty pleasure because um, not too many adults of my age would be recommending a book about a junior high school kid. Mm. Um, but uh, going back to your original question about series, uh, The Princess Diaries is something that I really enjoy by uh, Meg Cabot. It's also about a high school uh, girl who has sort of self-confidence issues. Um, it's the series of the same name in terms of the movies with Anne Hathaway. Um, there's several books so I mean if you like the first one you can keep going and um, you know I think there's like at least a dozen of those books to, to keep you happy we've also read this in, in the book club and uh, quite a few people were surprised of how much they enjoyed going back to high school and being in somebody else's shoes yeah I think that some um, of the stuff like especially what you're saying you know younger juvenile that kind of um, vibe is it feels like not nostalgic, but, you know, you could kind of relate from that younger piece of you, right? Which is really fun. Yeah. I mean, I think for the most part, when you, when you start reading these types of books, you're like, wow, high school could have been so much worse for me. I'm glad I'm not <laughs> these people. <laughs> so, <laughs> True at least there's that. Absolutely. Um, on the adult side of the scale, I, I really enjoy Janet Ivanovich's series that uh, central character's name is Stephanie Plum. The titles are uh, all over the place, but usually have to do with numbers. So, uh, you know, one for the money, I believe, is the first one. And then it sort of goes up from there. Uh, and this is another really light and sort of off the wall type of comedy type of book where, you know, uh, a female uh, woman from, from Jersey finds herself jobless uh, and she was doing a retail job or something at 20 something. And the only thing she can figure out to do is to be a bondswoman um, because her cousin owns a bonds office. So she basically becomes a bond enforcement agent mm. uh, while knowing absolutely nothing and has all sorts of mishaps along the way, um, but also has to solve a whole bunch of mysteries. And there's quite a few of those books too. And it's very well written. It's surprising how long these books are because once you start reading them, uh, you're, you find yourself, you're, you're done. And it was like a 300 page book. And you're like, what? Yep. what happened? Where's the next one? <laughs> That's a guilty pleasure. Thank you so much, Amr. We're wrapping it there, but uh, we'll talk to you next month. Looking forward to it. Guilty Pleasure Reads with Amir Khan. That's, well, today's title. But uh, check out Kelly and Company live on November 30th at 3.30 p.m. Eastern time on AMI-audio for our review together of The Girl with Nine Wigs. And we will be talking live with Caroline on the show. For now, happy audiobook listening. Have a great week. And we'll be back next week with AMI-audiobook review.
This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca. Hi, I'm Stephen Scott. Join me every day for Double Tap. It's a show where we occasionally talk about technology for blind and partially sighted people. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts.